I was just going to make a dumb comment that if you asked Neil, if he'd probably say it didn't work on women. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, I just, don't think he was a raging misogynist. <laughs> I think that was like a women, am I right? Like gag that failed because the only other person in the room was yeah, a woman. You know who would say that? A raging, a raging misogynist. misogynist. <laughs> <laughs> nice try, Adam. <laughs> yeah, good try, I've been revealed. <laughs> <laughs> you fly away, it's like bats that come out of your cape and shit. <laughs> <laughs> recording cool um yeah you want to take those intro things you know where we're we gonna oh, do a roll call roll for call. your timing oh god i i you know that makes sense <laughs> i, I reminded you just a second ago the fact That's that i do anything said. is wrong it's just wrong like i shouldn't what? it's a mistake but anyways all right yes um mccoy we understand you're in a fragile emotional state right dude now. i am <laughs> should we start over have to lash out like that <laughs> God, do the dude. roll call so McCoy can figure out what the fuck is going on okay. later. <laughs> yes, let's see. So, Adam. Here. Zoe. Hello. James. Hi. Gabe. Present. Wow. Okay. Does everyone have to be a fucking snowflake during that? I mean, snowflake is a loaded term now, but we all said something different. Why? <laughs> you don't follow the thumbs rating system, so what do you? what is your problem with how we respond to these things? Adam? Only I'm allowed to be different. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Shit. That's how unique <laughs> works. <laughs> oh my god! I don't like anyway. it when mom and dad fight. Oh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> what was that comedian we were listening to the other day? One of his bits was like that parents should use like having sex not as like something that they like accidentally did and then like showed their kids, but as like a weapon for like arguments. Yeah. Like if you guys don't get in line, we're gonna start fucking, and you're gonna have to see that shit. Like. <laughs> I think that's child abuse. I think someone would call that child abuse. Yeah, someone so might. Well. Some people say a lot of things, you know. <laughs> <God>. Anyway. <laughs> this is the Game Club Podcast, in case uh, Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that little intro didn't uh, clue you in into what we do, but uh, we're just right. uh, five friends. Because there's no hope of McCoy editing any of that out. <laughs> exactly. There's no hope in editing out, so True. we'll just say, ignore all that. <laughs> Yeah, but we're just a podcast of five friends who play a video game each week, and then we wait. We don't just have a professional relationship here. It. I thought, like, because I'm not oh, friends is like I'm not so presumptuous, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> well, in that case, four friends and then McCoy. <laughs> I'm just here for producer the cross-pollination of our uh, fan bases. So you know, listen, it's fine. It was like one of those like I think I have an agent guy who told me to hang out with you guys, and so far, not impressed. So, McCoy, um, if this is cross-pollination, uh, like, what other things do you do? Can you please tell us about your YouTube channel and your he, other podcasts? He makes wow. other media, your blog. I, you know, I think that's a beautiful segue. So here's the, the you know, the ten things that I do, and here's where you can find me. And, um, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, um, I don't do that. 
right now. Maybe someday I'll listen on this podcast and think that's quaint. But uh, no, no, I have nothing to show except for this. Um, cool. I'm glad that I derailed the fuck out of that. All right. What, what were you saying? You were saying something about hello? Something about hello. <laughs> yeah. Look, I'm in a fragile emotional state, right? I literally that's texted Zoe being like, episode. hey. That's the I name like... of this episode. It's something about hello. <laughs> something about hello. Oh, my God. Yeah, there was just a... That, that was McCoy's short speak for saying, somebody help me. Yeah. <laughs> somebody so... take over. <laughs> yeah, so, the fact... I'm um... telling you, like I said, the fact that I have any role in this podcast at all is the problem. Like, <laughs> I've diagnosed it well. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, oh, God. Yeah, this was a this was a powerful game. What do you think? I I don't know. I definitely so, cried to this game. Did a we little, even, just so a little. perhaps we should tell them people what game we played? Mm. That's probably important say, for them. I can mm. introduce this game because mm. that would probably be the best way to go about this. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I'll take notes here. Yeah, go ahead. Why don't you do that? All right. This week we played To the Moon which uh, can just kind of be described as, it's, a, it's an indie narrative-driven game uh, published by Freebird in 2011. Uh, and just for a brief summary, it's um, a story about where you follow as two scientists uh, going back into a dying man's memories to fulfill his final wish, which is to go to the moon. And I guess to jumpstart this conversation, um, kind of trying to tie back to other games that we've played in the past. So wh when we played the beginner's guide, we were talking about the whole concept of is this a like is this a video game? You know, is the fact that this kind of story is in a video game format as opposed to a um, short film or movie? Um, like, is it all that much more impactful? And I want to get your guys' points on this because I found the story of this game to be absolutely beautiful, but the gameplay is actually rather minimalistic. There's really not many mechanics in this game. Um, really, it's just you move your character around and observe things and maybe do the occasional tile puzzle as a way of linking memories. Um, but other than that, I mean, there's really not that much gameplay. It's mainly just driven through di dialogue and very long cutscenes. Yeah, but what about that squirrel fight scene, though? That was some, gameplay. <laughs> yeah. some hardcore yeah. gameplay in there. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, it's so funny. Like, just when that scene... Because like, I think the fact that this is a game kind of opens them up to just a number of jokes that... Well, okay, there's a large number of jokes or gaffes or whatever moments in this game. And a lot of them are in my opinion, horrible, but in some of them are so perfect. They like have both at the same time where they just nail something so hard, like that battle scene. It's like, dude, this is so funny. Or like when they're describing the 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 plane, like the, the what am I talking about? You know, the spaceship and they're like, God, you know what the best parts of the spaceship are? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the top and the bottom. I feel bad yeah. for anyone who can't see that. It's just like, <laughs> totally oh cut off. God. Yeah, that it's was so excellent. funny. So I feel so, like they use their sort of gameness to just sort of make fun of the whole thing and just sort of make a weird sort of commentary game. And I, I do really appreciate at least that. What do you, what do you guys think? It, it was kind of interesting because it's like, I think the battle scene was kind of a gag. This game was made in RPG Maker, I'm fairly certain. 
like I, I can't say it yes is, indeed. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's an RPG maker game, which is interesting, right? Because most of those are bad. Um, <laughs> well, <Hot> okay. <laughs> um, most of those are, you know, semi-gameplay driven. Um, they you know, have fight scenes and all that kind of stuff. So the engine is designed to do those kinds of things. And it's interesting because the engine like didn't super support a lot of what they had going on here. Like, there's a lot of jankiness that came in as a result of it. Um, the very first thing you like, when you're very first given control of your characters, um, it's like click on things to interact with them. And there's a squirrel that you've just run over, um, and you're supposed to get some equipment out of the car. If you click on the squirrel, which is past the car, uh, the characters will pass directly into the car and grab the equipment just by accident. Oh, I love that. <laughs> um, <laughs> stairs also mess up the pathing too because they force you to like move up and down, which the pathing and like uh, engine can't handle. So you like run into walls sometimes if you go downstairs. Um, I mean, it, it doesn't like crash the game or anything like that, but there's definitely some jank. Um, I don't think that this game necessarily gets benefits from being a game. Um, like the little short interactive bits you have, there's like card flip puzzles um, and just some like one scene where you're running through a hallway and have to like dodge traps, but only kind of like none of this really supports a lot of the narrative that's happening. Um, but Unlike for me, um, I didn't feel like it got as way in the, as much as, uh, say, the Cat Lady did. Um, whereas in the Cat Lady, it tried really hard to like incorporate game type things and have the point and click adventure thing happening, and I felt that that just was an impediment to the story. Uh, in this, it has very light story elements. It's mostly a walk around, explore the scenery, and progress that way kind of game, um, which I don't think helps. The medium is not supporting the story but nor is it getting in the way. Like, this could have been a short film, but RPG Maker games are a hell of a lot cheaper and easier to make, so if it could only have been made because it was an RPG Maker game, then that's great. Well, and fun fact, it's going to be made into an animated film, I think. Is it? it oh. Um, is it all just going to yep. be like that animation style they use for the, the rocket ship, like, blasting off? It's just like that, like, <laughs> super, like, hand-drawn, like, kind of jank, like... Uh, I don't. I'm really not sure. It just says that an animated film is in development, and uh, the game's creator. This game was, I think, made just by one person. Um, uh, the credits were fairly Ken, long. Yeah, but well, I think was he was like main the main person, person who yeah. worked on it. Um, but yeah, I think he had help from artists and such as well. Um, but yeah, so he'll be supervising the script and everything for the animated show. So. I mean, heck, if you want to get into film business, make a make a game an RPG maker, and then have it become a hit. Yeah, and then, then it will win become awards. An yeah, film. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Be really good at what you do, and then then maybe someone will hand you money. Yeah. No. Hundred percent. Uh. Yeah. I was just listening to someone talk about it. it was like the guy who writes Game of Thrones, and they're basically like apparently now obviously a huge success, and so he's just doing a gajillion other projects. He's just consulting on a million things. Like he's just over just at places and they're like, You're you're good at worlds and stories. Do you and mean stuff. George R. R. Martin? Yeah, I do. But since I don't watch Game of Thrones, it's like, do I even dare say that out loud and then accidentally say like Tolkien or say like roll like <laughs> Rawling or you know, just like do I, like how badly am I gonna fuck that up? So Jolkin, Rolkin, Rolkin, Tolkien. Dude, okay, what if all these people were created later, like hi hybrid style together? Anyways, no. But yeah, it's just once you're good at things, it turns out everyone's just like, hey, could you look at our shit? Because you're good at your shit. So 
Nice. Uh, yeah, I recommend. I don't want to distract too much from Zoe's question. I'm going on a bit of a tangent. How does everyone else feel about how the gameplay impacted or did not impact the, the narrative? Um, I think that the once you get to going through uh, memories, I think that it becomes like a game. But before that, it really should have been a cutscene. <clears throat> and arguably, so you're saying kind like everything that. outside of the old man, like so everything that was happening in the house with the scientists and everything, like that should have all just been a cutscene. Yeah, basically, like, well, kind of just everything, I guess, that's, I don't know. I don't know exactly how to put it. Um, let me see. Uh, there was just, like, the the walking um, was so janky and frustrating and, like, didn't <laughs> matter for the most part. Like, if the game is just getting from point A to B by clicking on the screen then without any like decisions to make then it's not really a game in my opinion see i feel like this always is like the heart of the, the, sorry the heart of that debate or question to me because it's like I, I see the sense that all of these beautiful things that games can do it's not doing that being said, like there are benefits in my eyes to being a game, even if you don't utilize a lot of what the medium has to offer. For yeah. instance, first example, I know this is sort of silly, but all of us played this and we would not have otherwise if it was a movie. Um, I know that's silly, but like actually that matters. It means you reach a different audience uh, that consume media in a different way. I mean, yeah, I watch movies occasionally, or but like if this was an online YouTube video and it was like highly uploaded on Reddit, I would have watched three minutes and been like, dude, I'm not gonna cry today, I'm at work. Um, and I don't want to remember to watch it again. Uh, but like, so there's that. Uh, I also think, I don't know, there's this intangible of like just moving the pieces, even though it's like a set order and you're kind of just cranking the gears so the rest of the machine can work. Like I do find a little bit of extra connection, maybe an extra focus when I do that. Like I'm a little more invested. I don't know. No, I, I agree with oh, you. Yeah. I think that when you're in charge of moving the story along, it creates more personal investment. Yeah, I've seen that in a lot of, of kind of like the fact that you do some interactivity, you know, it, things won't move forward unless you're paying attention. Uh, and this is even more so than like books in some ways, um, whereas in a book you can kind of just have your eyes glaze over and, and read how Sam describes describes Oilifonts in in Lord of the Rings. Um, if you're a fifth grader reading the Lord of the Rings for some reason, um, not definitely not a personal story. Anyway, um, the interactivity of it does <laughs> impact things somewhat. But I have to wonder: do you, would you guys consider that like a crutch in a certain way? Like, would this story have stood up if it were you know a written short story or a film? Yes. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting because I, I think, and hopefully down the line, we will dive into the story and what bits of it landed and what bits of it didn't. And I think there's a case to be made that some of it would hold up and some of it wouldn't. But it's, I guess, I actually think that the game aspect of it in that sense of like from a purely pacing standpoint of you are the thing that makes the thing go forward that that is like a double-edged sword to me because it definitely i was it allowed me to pause at moments and be like okay hold on um 
and like gather myself and or do something else for a second like get water go to the bathroom you know what i mean but at the same time like the beauty of a medium like television is that you do not give the audience pacing control like that's like the beauty of it is that they can nail every moment at the exact right time uh and they can make sure that if they've landed something else they're pretty sure they've landed something else they can hit you with another thing right up next and after that and then they can stall for a bit if they want and then hit you again in exactly the right timing so i feel like in that sense all games are sort of disjointed from a story perspective and they always have pacing issues because they have you searching for things under you know stairways because like extra items which this game didn't have but you know they have you sitting there or going the wrong way or missing a clue and then being confused and then like scrubbing your mouse over every piece of the screen to try to find what's interactable like there was pixel hunting yeah there were also items in this game but they only were before you got into the um the dreams or whatever and they never mattered it was like hey is it it's an rpg maker game so you got to have items they got that system built in so it was like they they (laughs) started off planning on doing something with that system and then we're like yeah fuck it doesn't matter no it's more like it's more like donut county where they just like fuck around with an experience bar and they're just like dude look how troll this is like (laughs) so you have items before we get away from before we get away from the topic, I want to talk a little bit. McCoy, you're talking about pacing and how movies can have the pacing really um, tight and, and kind of tuned. So this has made me realize something about this game. Um, so pardon me, this is going to be a little bit of a tangent, but I'll bring it back. Um, the narrators in this game are these two technicians who are helping to help helping to have this client fulfill their final dream. Um, and throughout a lot of the early parts of the game, you kind of hear them say things like, whatever, it's just a job. Like, they're goofing around about, like, things they do outside of work and, like, haha, isn't it great that we can, like, pirate music from from people's memories and stuff like that? Um, and they kind of don't care about this. It is just their job. Yes. Um, and so the narrators are in a, or not the narrators, the player characters, I guess, are in the same kind of position that the player usually is when playing a game. Yes. Um, and so the player being able to control the pace of the story is similar to these two goofballs running around in someone's mind um, have. So there's kind of a... Uh, whatever, you guys know the phrase, ludonarrative dissonance. Yes. Um, it's the opposite Can we get a that. gong for that, Edgar? <laughs> <laughs> so we have the Dark Souls air horn and the ludonarrative dissonance gong. Perfect. So you're the one asking, McCoy, I have really good news for you. You're an editor. You I, can put that in. I know you won't, but you can. I can. <laughs> we'll see. I need to make a note of that. Hold on. Contact editor. Raise. Give raise to editor. <laughs> for dealing Ensure with... Ensure all members of cast pay X dollars to editor. <laughs> yep, the cast. That's how badly we fucked up the finances with this podcast, is that I'm making you guys pay me. <laughs> Um, so yeah like i I think that that's kind of an interesting connection there because these two goofballs are just screwing around in someone's memory just like you can kind of screw around and you know look at a jar of pickled olives and just be like you know or like there's that one scene where you can just delete like all the random people running around and it's like one of the other characters is like what are you doing this for this does nothing you know right and it's like yeah i know but it's fun so they're just like fucking around and you can too 
Um, so it's a fun little connection that you have to the narrators. You're put in the same position that the narrators are. Yes. No, I, I definitely thought about this a lot when I was going through because it always felt like they were a let's play. Like I was watching a let's play of this story. And I think in a lot of ways they detract from the story from my perspective. Just because like me personally, like I don't, I'm not a huge fan of like that new age, like humor, like when in games, when it's just like, they say lol all over the place. You know what I mean? That these guys don't actually say that, but they say like ludicrous shit like that. And they're talking about like, dude, tomatoes are fruit, bro. Like, and it's just like, (laughs) that to me is like, is like what happens when I watch people play games that I'm like, you need to focus, bro. Crazy shit is happening behind you. Like people are dying or not dying, or you should try to be following. And they're just sitting there being like, dude, I gotta get like build a fan base. And this is all about me. And it's like, I, I I think actually putting that into the game so that you can watch that is actually pretty rad as a concept. That being said, it also detracted from my experience, but I <laughs> appreciate what they were like showing with that. I mean, you got to have comic relief to like, this is a fairly heavy story when you look at the real substance of it. And it's, it takes about four hours to play this game, like four hours of like gut wrenching this, that, or the other thing. It just gets exhausting. You can't have a movie that's entirely fight scenes, and you can't have something that's entirely emotional impact moments. Yeah, that's like those yeah, moments say, of levity lend benefit to the other pieces. Yeah, I mean, I didn't mind the the funny little tidbits there. I think it's just a way to kind of, you know, make the yeah keep the story a little bit light in some places before they really hit you with the heavy stuff. Like, I chuckled when you know Neil Watts is doing his kamehamehas at the little orb yeah. and like also being like Hulk smash because I would do that if I, I had that kind of thing okay but. so I get it you guys are the problem no I see it <laughs> wait hold on so okay you, you did enjoy this game right McCoy the, what sorry what you, you did enjoy this game correct oh yeah yeah okay because I was wondering if we were going to have these two games between this and the cat lady are like on the surface kind of similar right Mm-hmm. Um, and I really enjoyed this game, honestly. Um, and I think that could be something to dig into later about why this one worked for me and why the cat lady super, super did. Do you see yourself um, in that that male character who just fucks around all the time? Not especially. Um, mm. Yeah, me neither, bro. <laughs> 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 but. I was gonna say, if anything, I identify with Rosaline a lot more. Just being like, "Oh, my idiot coworker! Like, <laughs> come on! Like, let's just get this job over with." She shouldn't have uh, got him through the entrance exams, bro. It's a mistake. I mean, the choice—the choice of narrator was super, super cool. I want to talk about that more later. I definitely like thought that they were going to go into those two's relationship, which was—I mean, to me, it looked like a foil for. Um, Joey and and River, right? Hmm. Where Johnny, I, I didn't John, see it that way. John, Johnny and River. My bad. Awkward. Awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Out him. Out him. No. Yeah. Uh, no. That um. That they that he fell in love with her. Uh, like very early on, and she just like did not express any emotions to him ever um and that's why i felt like neil was so uncomfortable throughout a lot of the scenes was because he really saw himself in what was happening 
Which could explain why he's just so uncomfortably awkward all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and you even have him, like, coaching Johnny in some of those scenes, like when Johnny is first asking River out in high school and kneels in the background, like, face Do it, you Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I don't know. I, I think... I, oh, go ahead. Uh, so this is, I believe, part one of three, um, and yeah. those two characters. I, I another friend of mine has played the second one, mm. um, and those two characters uh, persist between them. Um, so their relationship may be explored in in more depth over the course of a longer period. Are they called To the Moon Two and Three? Because that would be dumb. No, that would be not. super dumb, and thankfully they didn't paradise. because these people know how to write stories, and that's nice. I don't know. Actually, if we're going to just say that out loud, I am not sure that they do know how to write a story. Because, like, I feel like they had really, really great pieces here, and I will not take away how effective they were. I mean, I literally have already admitted to crying. Um, but, which is, like, that's impressive. No, but, like, take that as a medal for what it is. But I think that they bungled the story at the end really bad. Like, trying to, like, tie up all the loose ends. It's, like, Wait, so, okay, so, like, you're, like, rewriting this, but then, like, now it's a crisis scene where, like, she's destroying the memories, but no, she's doing this and that. It's just, like, dude, you could have ended it, like, right right after the scene where they explain, where she explains, like, the, the purpose of the, like, why he wants to go to the moon. Like, instead of trying to then take that super literally and trying to, like, undo their life to give them a different life to then jumping in and out of it, like, they could have just hung on that emotional point and just stepped back a second and said, oh, it wasn't literal. Like, he just wants to see her again and he just wanted someone to know that. He just wanted someone to know their relationship and they could have stepped away right there and just left it in this insanely powerful crescendo. But instead, they just, like, really wanted to explain, like, oh, yeah, and here's where the house went, by the way. And, like, if they had a dog, like, here's exactly what happened to him and how he got fed the whole way through. It's just, It just felt like they needed to tie all the loose ends together instead of just letting the the power that they had built like just hit like resonate and then fade hmm does anyone else feel this way or am i totally off base uh i would disagree with you although it may be kind of a nitpick and maybe i'm not disagreeing with you so okay the like that moment where they like I, both doctors realize like what's going on. They know that the moon is a metaphor for for this, and they they know like erasing his life is not what they should do. Um, but they are under contract. They are, after all, just doing a job, as they have been reminding you the entire time. Um, and they have to do this, or they'll get you know like court-martialed effectively. Um, so they don't have a choice and they try their best to make it work in such a way that they're still fulfilling their contractual obligations to this guy who did in fact sign up to go to the moon. No, and that's super um, fair, right? Cause I do understand the contractual like obligation slash conceits in the story, but as the people who are the God figures who write this story, like fuck those conceits, bro. Like right. that, why even put those in place? Those are them trying to explain why. Point. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where I think we sort of agree. Um, they, they did have control over that, and they could have chosen not to have the story work out that way. Um, but to me, that was an interesting point where it starts to delve into sci-fi. Um, like, there's the whole idea of no six pleasure machine, right? If you could go into a box and just experience a, a paradise of a life, but all of it would be fake, uh, would you do it? Like, that's the classic philosophy question. 
Um, and this sort of touches on something adjacent to that, which is if you could go back and rewrite your mind um, so that you had experienced the life that you in some ways wished you had, you know, maybe there would be a lot of consequences to that. As a result of doing this, you might lose all these things that you didn't realize that you had or, or you lose the things that made you want your ideal life, that life or make that ideal. Um, so it's kind of an interesting sci-fi perspective on you know, if this technology had existed, uh, what could be done with it and would you want that to happen, etc. And that moment, that crescendo that you're talking about is kind of pointedly asking that question and pointing out the dangers of such things. Yeah, no, it definitely does bring that up, and it's it's funny because it really is the sentiment of like like the the the, the characters, the doctors, like their uh, approach to life or to fixing these people's life is literally like, don't even worry about it, dude. We'll fix it in post. Like that's literally their approach <laughs> to life, <laughs> and it's just nuts because you're like, dude, their life was so beautiful beforehand. It was devastating. Don't get me wrong, devastating. But like to undo that that beauty even in sadness was just like oh my god what is having this is like a crime like i can't believe anyone would want to do this like to me the i mean look it's not like i have great deal of experience with this but to me the what you would ideally like to do near death is come to terms with your life not be like yo i just am double downing on how fa- like bad that was like let's fucking give me a new one right at the end it's like no you want to like accept the journey for what it's been and and the beauty and the sadness and oh man rub me so the wrong way when they just undo that like willy-nilly like with a control alt delete um Mm. so yeah i think that's the point of the game is to bring into those questions of morality um when it comes to questions of morality when it comes to mortality Mm. (laughs) i believe is what i want to be saying but i mean you bring up you bring up good points and i think that is kind of what the game is just meaning to get at with this of just how quickly things can change Mm -hmm. just like a click of a button a race of a character and how you don't even actually know what you want sometimes that you you mask what you want with with like what's in front of your face oh yeah Mm -hmm. uh because i i interpreted the the game the the wanting to go to the moon as uh, when we figure out kind of what the the point of the the desire um, <clears throat> that he never actually really cared about going to the moon itself, but that it was because of River um, that it wasn't even for River that he wanted to go to the moon he wanted to go back to the point when his brother was still alive he wanted to go back to his childhood when he was happy that he had lost and that they had actually just taken from him with beta blockers yeah so i i never i i didn't think that it was like kind of like let's re you know go back and make everything perfect but it was like this is what he thought his perfect life would be which is the whole point of the, the you know buying that experience right yeah that was yeah i don't know i just i guess i i i definitely think there's a lot that that supports that <clears throat> um 
it's just for some, like, I, I don't know, just the whole, the power at least of their relationship. I, there's many different, yeah, because there's all, other elements too in terms of like the family or the brother or just life, career, trajectory, money, problems, etc. But at least from the relationship standpoint, when she says, you know, if we ever get lost and we don't find each other, like, I'll see you on the moon. Then yeah. that to me is like, that's the, that's the whole, that's everything. It's all there wrapped together. And then they were like, and by the way, there's a brother and he's a twin brother and he died to the mom in the car. And I'm like, what are you doing, man? So it, that's interesting. I wonder if I interpret that because I have a brother differently um, than uh, not, not to be like, I have a brother. Um, but like, <laughs> Weird flex. But like yeah, showing off, your, showing off your siblings. Yeah. But I Whoa. just, I just Dude, interpreted I speak, that, bro. that whole thing like totally differently where, um, it, the, um, just his whole, uh, kind of life was destroyed by losing his brother. Um, and so it, it going to the moon wasn't about even like m- meeting her at all. Mm-hmm. I didn't quite interpret it that way. I felt that it was very tied to River. Um, the brother trauma did matter a lot. Um, like you know, a person can have more than one motivation. Yeah. Um, but I felt that uh, Joey. John Johnny's brother, and also, what kind of parent names their children Joey and Johnny as twins? They're as twins. Like, that's well, awful. they did say that she went a little cuckoo. So <laughs> but that was afterwards. <laughs> Never mind. Explained away. Um, I thought that was an interesting line too, because it's like, on one hand, you've got this really humanizing kind of look at Asperger, Asperger's syndrome um, with River um, and Isabel, uh, like that approach is really nice and then you've got other times where they're looking at mental illness like oh she just went kind of you know a little bit crazy after accidentally killing oh yeah interesting yeah huh um (laughs) they they, like take the time to say neurotypical like four times and then they say crazy (laughs) to describe the mom i didn't even think about that but yeah that is inconsistent isn't it although it is the doctors who kind of don't give a shit yeah (laughs) so it might have been a character thing rather than uh Neil says the craziest shit though. Like he like sometimes it's like you understand this. You're a woman, and I'm just like, what? what? <laughs> Didn't you just like, say neurotypical I, like two lines ago? I'm lost. Like what is the tone well, of this game? Uh, the characters in the flashbacks are like kind of the reasonable ones, and then the doctors are just these two screwballs who're just like not professionals. One of them cheated through their entrance exams, yeah. and then just like doop doop doop. Let's just fuck around in someone's head. They're, like yeah. <laughs> they're clearly just like they're not professionals. Not at all. <laughs> They well, start what crazy. They whatever, start the not game by crashing the company car and being like, "Ah, eh, whatever. It's the company car." Yeah. True that. <laughs> and then he like later blames it on her, and the kids are like, "Yeah, she's terrible." And he's like, "Got him." <laughs> I don't think I saw that bit actually, because there's one small choice you have in the game, and I don't know how much it impacts things. But during the scene in like the house, I think you can choose to play as Doctor Rosalind or uh, Doctor Watts. Mm, um, okay. How either of these people have a medical degree is a complete mystery. Are they medical degrees? Could they just be doctorates? Degree. A doctor of the fine arts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it sounded like they're just kind of but... like technicians because early yeah. <laughs> on, the I think it's the 
like the young lady asks, like, oh, how does it work? And they're like, eh, the machine does all the work. <laughs> We're just kind of here to <laughs> press the buttons. <laughs> oh, my God. Maybe they're psychiatrists. <laughs> Could yeah. be. Dude, they, I don't know how these people have any training. I can see them being psychiatrists and not therapists, though. They're like, yeah, we're, we're, how, do we just, how do we prescribe medication here for this case instead of... <laughs> But yeah, oh man, I do like. There's like, but honestly, there's some stuff in here that is hilarious. Like when you choose to be like, now nah, I'm gonna walk around this room a little more. Like right at the beginning of the game, where he's holding the device. I don't know if you guys did that, but if you choose to be like, no, I'm not gonna put it down yet. I'm gonna walk around. He's like, seriously, I'm holding this thing. Like you're gonna make me just walk around the house. <laughs> yeah, like, I definitely that, did that too. Like that's 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 game right there. That's flirting with the fact that you had the choice to say, nah, let's fucking walk around. Like, let's make sure we don't miss anything before they get us to an unskippable barrier. And he's just like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> so I it, appreciate that. It makes me think a little bit about Deadpool in some ways. Like, the narrators are a really interesting choice for a couple of reasons. One, they're the comic relief of this story. Like, the narrators, the player characters, I don't think are comic relief in many stories. Um, they are in some, but not in games typically typically you have like the silent protagonist um particularly in the in the vein of rpg maker games um, or rpgs in general um having two main character or two playable characters and you just swap between the two of them seemingly at random and not really for any um it, i mean not at random but you're playing as both of them pretty evenly throughout the game, right? And it's not like there's a big switch over that happens. It's just that sometimes one is in the lead and yet sometimes the other one's in the lead. Um, I thought the narrator choices were very interesting. And I don't know exactly what the consequences of all of that was, but I liked it, I guess. Well, the consequences are that, like, I think we touched on this a little bit. It's just that they're going to take these people between games. And so they kind of have to put some extra level of rule set on top of these people. And, like, they have to make sure that these are characters with good dynamics between each other because they're they're gonna take them and use them as a lens to tell a ton of stories it seems like so and it is important to have two of them because then they can have dialogue between each other um which if you were just passive if it was one character to have them having them talk to themselves like doesn't work as well um oh, it's just interesting that there isn't a primary and a secondary one so Okay, so I'm just going to ask this around to people just randomly. Like, in terms of emotional impact and resonance and pacing, like, all that together sort of forms, like, how much emotional impact did you get from this game because you felt the pacing, you were totally down for it, or you thought that was really strange that it cuts from a really powerful moment straight into, like, a sort of a weird, spooky moment, or, like, how did you guys feel about this? Like, did this hit you hard? Like, did this resonate? Anybody else in the crier camp for this game? <laughs> Yeah, let's just ask, who else cried? Yeah, can I get a raise of hands <laughs> in an audio podcast? <laughs> I've accepted the fact that I'm probably incapable of crying anymore for whatever reason. But, I mean, like, I did find, like, the ending to be bittersweet, but it's nothing I really, like, it wasn't something where I teared up at. However, I have watched Let's Plays of this, and other people have cried as well. So your reaction, McCoy, is not... <laughs> The only one. You're not wrong, McCoy. I got you pretty wrong, wrong to have cried. Dude, that sounds. You just said that like the Terminator. You're like, I've seen other people cry, so it is acceptable. Like, <laughs> I'm incapable of crying anymore myself. Also, yeah. why are you incapable of crying? Are you just a Terminator? 
Yeah. Well, okay. Did like, they replace I'm your only brain thinking with that, a machine? Like, I'm incapable of crying because when I was little, I literally cried during every single movie. I cried during the fucking Jimmy Neutron movie that was released back in second grade. I remember that I movie. cried during that movie. <laughs> so I think I've just like cried out all of my sadness in movies earlier on in my what life. And now you? I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, can we go so to you her memories? Here first, like, folks, what's up with um, this? You heard it here first, folks. Jimmy Neutron, the Jimmy Neutron film, more impactful than To the Moon. I know. Seriously. <laughs> How many uh, tears I... would you give that movie? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, like, I mean, it, it was impactful. But I guess, like, like, I didn't cry, but I did, like, feel something, obviously. I'm not an emotionless being. But, like... I felt feelings <laughs> as humans do. Yes. This made me feel tingly inside. <laughs> I cannot wait to eject my feelings note. Like, like. <laughs> exactly. Yes. But, um, yeah. Hmm. I think I, mean, I. I think the pacing of this game was really good. Though. Like, I didn't find any issue really with the pacing. Um, I think they balanced out the comedic bits with the impactful bits well, in my opinion. Like, I was very curious that if all of the comedic bits were going to be outside of the memory realm, um, you know, as these scientists kind of derp around it. But, um, but like, I got a real kick out of their comedic timing of trying to convince young Johnny to be an astronaut and go to the moon and Neil's being a recruiter for NASA. <laughs> like, they're trying to like, I think my favorite one is they're riding horses and Neil rides by on a horse yep. saying, ponies in space. Yeah, <laughs> yep. yep, I wrote that down. So funny. So. <clears throat> or like, you know, they give River her medical diagnosis and Rosaline pops in saying, hey, you know who has good health benefits? NASA. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> God. Ruining all these awful. poignant moments that you had previously and just like barging in. It's like, hey, guess what? We're, we're, rewriting, we're rewriting your memories. So do you want to go to NASA? And we're doing it the heavy, most heavy-handed way we can handle. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, and if you and like that stuff. And they come back and it's like, man, none of that worked. Weird. Yeah. Oh, God, what was the other th Oh, yeah, it was, Um, they just, like, their comedic timing, I don't like necessarily, like, love all their writing, personally, from my perspective, but it's like their timing is unquestionably great. Like, the telephone in the middle of that horror scene where you just, like, roll up on a telephone ringing. I'm just like, dude, they're doing this right now in the middle of this game. Oh, my fucking God, that's awesome. Like a lot of a lot of the comedic bits were a little like just kind of seemingly random for no reason, in my opinion. Like I think the one that kind of just had me raising an eyebrow was towards the very beginning when you have a rock in your path and you can either stab the rock or push the rock. And I chose to push it and it bounces away. And later there's a kid in the house that's like, Oh, where'd my novelty beach ball go that's shaped like a rock or something? Like yeah. and I'm just like what <laughs> yeah like, that was a what little is bit. the point of this <laughs> yeah like so that kind of those kind of comedic kind of elements just had me kind of raising an eyebrow but i think like the banter between neil and rosaline i think are like probably what i would consider the st the comedic star of the game and which is probably why they decided to make additional games including these two characters mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so funny. I feel like it's such a personal taste thing. Because, like, if you like that sort of banter between them, then you're good to go. Like, you're going to get a good story. You're going to get, like, a weird, like, asides all the time. 
like to me i was just like i hate this guy i hate this guy <laughs> and i have to listen to this dude talk from a reading text perspective but you know what i mean like i have to fucking sit here and endure this and it's gonna be bad and it's just like he's gonna take this not very seriously and i'm like but the emotional story behind this is actually like killer like just give me a little more of that and like linger on it a bit more but that's my taste Mm. So for me, it actually matched up pretty quick, pretty closely. Like, you know, I became invested a little bit sooner than they did in the narrative. But, you know, they don't start out invested in this. What's his face is this? It's just some it's a customer, whatever. We're going to make him go to the moon. Who gives, who gives a shit? Let's just get back there and do the thing we need to do. Um, I mean, that wasn't really the approach that I took because I know that this is a narrative game. And I contrary to popular belief uh, and all the many myths surrounding the man that is adam stafford um i do actually sometimes enjoy narrative games what um no bullshit (laughs) 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 shocking revelations in the game club podcast um so i felt that uh, the like mccoy you've harped a little bit on the like uh the crescendo moment where um, Dr. Roseline decides, okay, well, what we have to do is we have to erase River from this guy's memories, like, and that way we can get him to go to the moon and fulfill our contract. Um, and there's that horror scene where you're running through the hall, not horror scene, but... It was uh, a horror scene for me. It moment. took for fucking ever. That, yeah, <laughs> that I won't nightmare? disagree with that pacing. Um, so that scene was uh, like a moment where you could see that... that uh, Dr. Neil has, or excuse me, Dr. Watts, Dr. Neil Watts um, has become emotionally invested in this situation. And they both are, right? They're both taking it in different ways. Um, but they have become invested as presumably the player has by that point also. Um, they didn't start out invested, but you can see them become invested. And there's kind of a, an arc there, which I thought matched up with my experience to some degree. Yeah, and there's no doubt that's cool like as an element like say what i will about whether i like the characters or i like that they're narrating on top of this i do think this their arc is is quite cool for sure i, I maybe for me it engaged a little late because they're saying things like yeah that last memory doesn't seem to matter i'm like dude come on come on man like you're really gonna like just half-ass this job like <sighs> but yeah i hear that though does anybody else feel like the the narrative like their arc matched up with with their own experience Uh, I don't know. Maybe. A solid maybe from James. <clears throat> I mean, one, I... One and a half maybes. I, I was also a little bit bothered by Watts. Um, but, I mean, at times I thought he was funny as well. I don't know. It, it They were good narrators for the story, I thought. I thought it was well done. Yeah, I kind of liked how they started off kind of being... You know, like, oh, it's just another job, whatever. Let's just do our job and get out of here. And they, as the story progressed, they progressed to being more, like, you know, uh, in tune with the patient and really feeling for him and his memories and just the story between him and um, River. Yeah, which is hilarious because it culminates in this hilarious scene where he tries to like hold her hand and she bounces oh i read that as her try as him trying to push her off the bridge oh really oh really? my god <laughs> yeah um because it's like you know he was like oh you know if i get up on the on the uh railing you're just gonna push me off again aren't you 
And she's like, maybe, probably. And I thought he was edging over there to just boot her over the edge because they like, like they they like each other, but their their relationship is very much a like mutually heckling relationship. They don't really show warmth to one another, <laughs> except in in like, you know, fun jibes and barbs, right? Yeah, exactly. That's part of why I interpreted their relationship as like a foil for the other one, where he. Uh, wanted to go out with her, and she was like, no, "You're you're an idiot. Fuck off." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could kind of see it when, like, you'd see the scenes of uh of John going to ask out River and kind of struggling, and then uh, what was it? Um, Rosaline to Neil would be like, uh, "Oh, you feel compassion, like." You see yourself in him a lot, don't you? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Like, one thing I think that was just a little strange and off-putting to me, I don't know, like, if anyone noticed at the ending, but, like, they've kind of made, like, Watts and Rosaline this kind of, like, jovial, like, heckling couple, but then there's just this really weird part at the end where, like, they get their next call for their next patient and then like the screen flashes red and Watts like kicks back some pills or something and then follows Rosalie now. And I'm just like, wait, what sinister shit is this? <laughs> like, and I guess it's like something to continue on with like, I don't know, an overarching plot, I guess, but it just yeah, kind of seemed a little out of character for like the rest of the game. Right after that, they said, you know, part one to the moon complete. Um, so that was the, you know, it wasn't after credits, but it was the after credit scene that you always see in like the Marvel movies, right? Where it's like, and next time on this story, tune in next time to find out what happens to this asshole. Right. But like, there's nothing about that, that hints like that Watts hints at throughout the game. It's just kind of seems like a little gotcha, like you gotta keep playing or something at the end. Yeah. Like he's actually I, house from yeah. the TV show house. I kind of interpreted it as, um, like, somebody, like, you, the player, are doing the, like, memory insertion thing to, or or getting memory inserted. Kind of uh, an uh, Inception deal. That's how I interpreted it. There was definitely Inception vibes all over this. Like, Inception and uh, Memento as well. The one where they go backwards through time to try to like tell the story. Spoiler alert. I know. <laughs> I never watched that movie. And now you'll never be able to watch it for the first time like so many other people have. Yeah, I was That's actually fine. like... I'll probably just never watch it. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you're honest about that. Like, speaking of like spoilers from movies from a gajillion years ago, I was like, is it possible? And I don't think this is possible but maybe i guess at the seventh game or something but i was like is it possible that we're just going through these people's memories like the the doctors mm-hmm. like yeah one of those inception style thing where i'm just like oh interesting like this would actually be a fantastic culmination to this series would be to go through and get the life that they really wanted and maybe they yeah. choose to not actually alter these people's memories or maybe they you know something like that or they do a better job or they care more or something i think it'd be a fucking rad way to like go Game they're five. getting audited How by many the company layers deep I, I have to suspect that so i can see them doing something where in the end you you get to you know go in and, and rewrite the memories of either dr Lo- dr Rosalind or, or dr watts 
Um, but because they had this really consistent shorthand throughout all of uh, uh, Johnny's memories. So, like, I thought this was super cool. The characters that don't matter, they tell you that they don't matter because they are fuzzed out memories. Yeah. Um, and, like, things that don't matter, you can tell don't matter because, you know, the characters didn't remember them. The books don't have titles. They're, they're all blurred out. Um, characters who don't have faces don't matter. Characters who matter less or have uh, kind of a blur filter or, like, a static filter put over them to greater or lesser degrees depending on how much these characters mattered. Um, and, you know, there was none of that in, like, the, the real words, world scenes or uh, mm. on either of the Doctors at any point. Mm. Um, so it would kind of be a betrayal of that otherwise so consistent and so useful visual shorthand um, to have this have all been a dream in the first place. But having Dr. Watts himself be dying and having Dr. Rosaline go through you know, this memory technician's memory um, in a future game would be pretty cool. Bro, you wrote this. There'd be a lot That's of the discussion reveal, there. right? Is the reveal is you're in the upper level of the story and all of a sudden a character gets fuzzed like that. And you're like, what the fuck? This doesn't make sense. Like, this is the outermost I layer. Can, and then they pop I back remember. In. You know what I mean? Were they fuzzed in, in that? Or was that, I thought it was the screen flashed red and he kind of took a step back. But was there a, uh, oh, like no. a memory fuzz there? No, no, no. I'm not saying there was, but I'm saying you're writing the fifth one the one where they finally make that reveal where they use some of those systems in the dreams to like hint at the player early on like that the outermost layer is not actually like that'd be such a cool way to make that reveal yeah you could use it that way um everything else being so clear so far would have been really hard would be hard to justify but that would be like a great narrative stinger for the moment Mm -hmm. um but I think it wouldn't hold up as well. And I think they have done a super, super good job of making everything hold up and fit together cleanly and neatly. Um, they don't have things that don't matter in this game. Um, and that's not like a, saying it's bare bones. It's saying that they've done a really good job of being consistent with what they add to the story and have and pulling that back in so that the player doesn't have to you know, say, oh, do I care about this or not? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Do you think uh, Ubisoft buy these? I think it's Ubisoft, right? They buy these guys and then they do an Assassin's Creed tie-in, like Game 7 for the <laughs> series. It's just an animus. <laughs> and at some point, it's just so. like... I think you're right. And But they do it in Game Maker still. It's just like an awkward, pixelated, like, Assassin's Creed character, like, assassinating people in the background. Yeah. So, so, like, Dr. Roslin and Dr. Neil Watts are, are you know, walking around and they're... they're goofing and, and having their goofs and then like a fucking assassin runs in and stabs the dude they're trying to like <laughs> be a doctor for it and it's like hmm <laughs> that would be so fucking funny man um it may not be worth the legal hassle it would take to like buy the studio but i'm just saying that would be fucking funny. i don't i don't think it would be worth actually anything at all <laughs> mm, that's Oof. too far that's too far <laughs> <laughs> No, it was all just oh, to find out that he actually crashed the car from a squirrel and not a puppy like he claimed. Mm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was his dying wish, was he wanted to run, have run over a squirrel instead of a puppy. <laughs> no, but that's it. That's the point where he's dying, right? Is he hits the car. They die in the car crash. So I can see this being interesting. I don't think that there is a ton of textual evidence for this, and I think it would be like, ha-ha, 
it, like the it was all a dream i feel like having it was all a dream but like several times several layers deep doesn't really work have even as well inception? as <laughs> no i have um and inception was a special case not a special case but that was the point of it right in in many ways that was the narrative conceit um i think that this has a different theme to it i think note 6 pleasure machine is a much more relevant cultural touchstone for this yeah i don't know what i'm saying no that's fair i mean i don't know what you're talking about either yeah, Thanks, yeah. James. We're just saying nonsense <laughs> at this point. But I just think it'd be fucking rad. It, I'm not saying like I'm gonna be disappointed if it doesn't happen. I just think it'd be fucking rad. Um, but but I think this is really if we want to tie it back like to the credit to sort of the situation that they're writing and like the the thing the themes that they're bringing up here of like you know going back to if you change someone's memories like what does that mean? But also just like this whole process of walking someone's life and walking someone's memory and. And doing that, it's just a it's a cool playground. Like I, I think they could do a lot of cool shit with this and they definitely are planning on it. So that that part's rad. Like I I would be looking forward to playing another game in this series and just see what they do and see how similar is it. Like, could you do a game like this that isn't sad? Like could you do something that isn't the same sort of general trajectory, or does it have to hit these similar like reveal notes that are just crushing? Or like, you know, because they they have a, a platform here to do some cool stuff. I'm just curious, like where they'll take it. I mean, we should probably play another one of their games to be honest and see. Yeah, you could play. It looks like their other games are Finding Paradise and A Bird Story, um, or at least these are the other ones in that particular uh, Watson Rosalind. I don't know if it's trilogy or if it's multiple. It's kind of like so. Like Finding Paradise is technically the sequel to To the Moon, and then. Um, and then um, what was a bird story like that's like I think a bird story is not a full fledged game. I think it's like kind of like one of those like downloadable mini mini sewed kind of games that's supposed to like establish a link between to the moon and finding paradise. Mm-hmm. You should play the first so, yeah. mini story list its playtime as one hour. So yeah, can you drop knowledge on us real quick about? When you press play on this button in Steam, it says play to the moon, or it says play Minisode 1 or Minisode 2. I didn't play Minisode 1 or Minisode 2, but I'm curious, does anybody know what that is? Yeah, you're going to love Minisode 1. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's a mm. Christmas what? party. For uh, Oh, this is the party that they mentioned very briefly. It was like a little holiday special or something that they released before Christmas. What? <laughs> oh my like god where's like christmas special or something yeah dude you're gonna love it holiday special 2013 yeah <laughs> yo drake's in there bro like yeah dude okay is did anyone play that or anyone know like i guess some of you guys know about it so did you guys anyone play it no i, I no. haven't no oh, i'm just oh, looking at weird. the page in my library and there's two items of dlc and one of them is called <laughs> minisode one holiday special did you notice that the company that they work for is Sigmund? Yes. Huh. As in but Sigmund what Freud. Ah, Freud. Oh. Uh, yes, very, very uh, respected psychologist. Um, yeah. 
I mean, truthfully, really, everyone loves his theories. No, yeah. I mean, he's very respected, but they don't necessarily love his theories. He was just like, it's interesting. <laughs> no, no. I think he gets too much crap because he had essentially no. There was like not much science at that time in psychology, and he was like trying to do science in his best way without like having the rigor that we have today. And he made some crazy shit, like in terms of theories. But he was just sitting there, like if you re- like, cause I read one as, as a tangent. I read one of his books, and you can feel his like his process. And he's just like wading through like an African jungle with a machete, trying to figure out psychology theories in terms of the mind. So I appreciate at least that aspect because someone had to go do that. But it is fun to look back and be like, okay, okay, you were really sure about this, huh? <laughs> it doesn't look like it's true, maybe. Um, one one thing I've been told about Freud was that he actually started off fairly close to the truth, and then like, or not fairly close, but he started off with fairly reasonable theories. And then the rest of the community was like, this is insane. He was like, you know what? You're right. Actually, women are insane and hysterical. <laughs> and he gets, <laughs> I think, crazy. fairly reasonably condemned by the present day for capitulating to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, women are crazy. Well, isn't that what uh, from- Neil says one time? I swear, I swear he does do a line like that. That is literally like boils down to like, women are crazy, right? And she's just sort of like, what? <laughs> <laughs> they move on. I think it's just like with one some of River's behavior throughout dating, and he's just like, women be like that though. <laughs> Rosalind's like, no. <laughs> you wouldn't know, would you? <laughs> yeah, I think I would appreciate him more if he had more of that sort of like saunter or swagger, like that. Women be like that though, as opposed to he's more like modern internet troll. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, that's, that's what really grinds me about him is the internet troll part. <laughs> It feels too he close to home. He does feel a little bit like a forum post. Yeah, he does. <laughs> and like he's just like, oh my god, I'm going to have to eat these olives. This is so terrible. And it's just like, dude, people are dying. <laughs> and here you are. <laughs> like you're but an no, embarrassment. Like, at that time, he super doesn't care, right? Yeah. He's just like, this is, my, this is my job. This is a late job. I fucking hate this. I mean, he doesn't hate it, but it's just like, this is just another person. It's late. I don't want to do this. Like, they see people die all the time, right? Yeah. That's their job. Oh, yeah. It's sad to talk to people like that in the real world That's that see death on such a regular basis because they're they're hardened as people. And you can just feel it. Like, when you talk to them, like, oh, my God, that didn't bother you? And they're like, look, if I let this bother me, I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't have made it this far. I'd be in a different job, different career somewhere else. Like, no. So I could see I wouldn't it. have decided to become a war criminal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wait, hold on. <laughs> what did you say you do again? I mean, Where one of I? my coworkers was in the Israeli military for 12 years. So, wow. I bet they're fun at parties. <laughs> he's a pretty yeah, nice they're the guy. Person. He's like back to the wall and he's like, look, if someone comes in here crazy, like you're all dead, but I'm alive. And you're like, oh, thanks. What was your name again? <laughs> uh, do you even work here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, God. Oh, wow. So, Adam, you said that you really liked this game and you kind of wanted to talk about what this game did right that the cat lady did not. And I want to pick your brain about that. Yeah. So, I'm very, very interested. Because honestly, to, to, yeah. sorry to interrupt, but like, honestly, I when I was playing this game, I was just like, I don't know how Adam's yep. going to feel about yeah. this. <laughs> Like, it's hitting all the same so, t- notes, and it's hitting all the same jank, and it's hitting all the same that. It's just a different, you know, setting. 
it, it's a different form of jank. I mean, like, but I think the thing is that jank is mainly focused on, like, mechanics in this game, just in terms of walking and just hitting invisible walls or, oh, there's a flower patch that my character cannot pass because this is RPG maker. Can I, can I refuse to step on flowers? Before Adam responds. Hell yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Part of it is the, the movement speed. Just the fact that you move reasonably quickly in this game makes all of the janks so much more forgivable. Yeah, and I would add on top of that a meta layer on that. The movement through this game, not just the physical movement of pressing the key, but the progression through this game is not halted in the same way that the Cat Lady sometimes does, where you're like, honestly, what the fuck? Like that, you, you kept, at least I personally, was afraid of that and was like anxious of the event where I was going to be stuck and I was going to be like, fuck, I can't solve this puzzle or some shit or like, where is that memory? But generally, like you get through it at a much smoother pace. So I'm theorizing that's why why Adam. Hey, oh, hey, Adam, why don't you tell us? Um, <laughs> yeah, I think actually you pretty much hit it, McCoy. Um, so with the cat lady, it's like, You've got this story happening, but you're not allowed to interact with it because you're busy, you know, setting flower pots up to be pulleys to move a cat out of the way so that you can get into some guy's room so you can get the key that he has for some reason to the basement. Like, the, the typical point-and-click adventure nonsense. Like, the only blockers in this game are getting, like, the memory orbs um, and then un- unblocking the mementos. Um, and, like, all the memento puzzles are super, super easy. Um all of the mementos are basically just if you walk around a scene and you interact with most of the things that seem important you'll get all the orbs Mm -hmm. um it will take you two or three minutes right i never there was one section where i was slightly hung up on how to get the next orb and it was because you had to play whack-a-mole which was kind of fun um (laughs) so like uh it didn't get in your way the story was up front it was uh, uh, put in the foreground um, in a way that the cat lady did not do. Um, and a lot of the substance was... I guess it was basically that. It was just that there wasn't as much of a blocker to moving the story forward. Because that's what I was playing it for, right? Like, I started this last night at, like, 11. I was like, ah, damn, I'm gonna... I'm probably gonna play, like, an hour or two of this so that I don't have to wake up super early tomorrow to play it. And then I ended up staying up until, like, 4 o'clock in the morning playing this game, because it's like, well, I want to see what... <laughs> I might as well finish it. I want to see where this goes. Um, so... It didn't get in my way. It didn't make me want to stop playing. Because I would have to solve some inane bullshit before I could move forward. If, if I could try to distill this into a phrase, would you say it's fair that... It didn't make you regret playing this last night at 11. Um, I think so, but I think the better distillation of it uh, was that the game didn't get in the way of the story. Yeah. Um, there was jank, but as James points out, James points out it's jank that you can work around, right? You learn pretty quickly that the clicking to move doesn't work super great. You learn fairly quickly that... Um, you know, just the the quirks of the movement system and the inventory system, and just you know all the kind of cruft that probably came along with RPG Maker. Um, you just kind of get used to that pretty quickly. It's all stuff that you can work around. Whereas in like the problems that I have with the Cat Lady, where the puzzles made no sense, um, 
and like there was jank with other things like with the resolution and stuff and this game shares that uh i couldn't find a way to fix the aspect ratio on this game it was going to run full screen on a screen that it was not designed to run full screen on um and there wasn't really a way around that but it's like yeah whatever though like these i can tolerate some of this yeah yeah, interestingly enough, I originally played it on my massive TV, and it was like one and a half pixels of it. And so then I just took, I downloaded it onto my laptop because it's actually, it's on Mac, and I was like, oh rad, I'll just play this in bed. And I didn't play a game in bed for a while, and I was like, dude, this is the way to go for this game. Like Lane and I were just sitting there chilling, and I was like, this is fun. Um, like, dude, I don't have to sit up at attention like I'm about to like fight an army of internet nerds um, with guns. Like, I can actually just chill and lie back and enjoy myself. Uh, so that was fun. But uh, yeah, fun fact there. So let's see here. Um, I, I, got, I, just, I you know, since Zoe picked this game, I want to pick her brain a little bit more about it. Like, I know you've, you've been really like kind and letting us all just rant, especially about like our theories about where the story goes at game five. But <laughs> for you here- That's just you, McCoy. Well, hold on now. <laughs> I think you helped a little. <laughs> Let's just be, yeah, okay, mostly me. I accept mostly me for that. Um, yeah, like, if you compare this game to the Cat Lady, like, what do you think? Like, did you like this more or less? Like, do you, are you excited to see more games in this series? Like, is this something that you're going to be following afterwards? Or what do you think? Um, I mean, I still liked the Cat Lady, and I like this game as well. Um, I guess it's just, it's, it's two different, it's in two different realms for me. Um, in terms of just the developer's style of gameplay, plus the narrative is completely different. Um, I don't know. I don't think you can really compare apples to apples between the Cat Lady and To the Moon. Um, but I, I guess, you know, my main thing with To the Moon that I really liked about it was kind of what you were getting at, McCoy. It's just a very nice, laid-back, leisurely experience. And the story and, my god, the music in this game was absolutely amazing. Um, and, I don't know, it was definitely just an experience that, like, with everything, like, the entire atmosphere surrounding the game just really... I don't know, puts you at peace enough to like go through. And I think something that this game does that the Cat Lady doesn't, and I think it's a reason why it's easy to kind of play this game in one go before you realize how long you've been playing is because um, the flow of To the Moon is a lot better than the Cat Lady in the sense that um, I think we've been kind of talking about progression, but like there's really no definitive like save points into the moon. You just kind of, you keep on going further and further back in this old man's timeline. And before you know it, you've been playing three hours just because you can't really seem to find a reason to pause because each game, like each memory only takes about five minutes to play through. So you're like, okay, like I'll, do, I'll play through this one. And then next one happens and okay i'll play through this one before you know it you've been playing the whole game there um, were whereas... i'm sorry I, I don't mean to interrupt but there i did find that there were a few good stopping points because it, it's broken up into three acts right yeah like that's really the only definitive stopping point i think to to the moon mm -hmm. okay um <laughs> whereas like 
in the cat lady sure the cat lady had its like chapters but each chapter was at a seemingly like they're all at kind of random lengths and i don't know to the moon beginning to end you can see why they broke it out where they broke it out in terms of each act um like i definitely think this game developer is a little bit better at writing impactful story um but then again i'm need to play Lorelei to really make my case on uh, I heard whether somebody review Lorelei just a little bit who hated the cat lady mm-hmm. and enjoyed Lorelei oh. oh no is this going to be an excuse to oh no Ooh. <laughs> Look, I mean I think the, the general question for the podcast and whether this is a directly question for Zoe or if I'm going to have to step in but it's like between the next cat lady and the next to the moon like which game do we choose next when it comes around to that narrative game that we want to make Adam play and then like give us this whole spiel about how he likes them. Um, what, what, in your eyes, what do you, what do you think we play next? I say Lorelei only because I've uh, watched a playthrough of finding paradise and it's like the, the gist of the game is very similar to, to the moon. It's just a different storyline, but like it's, pretty much the same mechanics same store like relatively same questions yeah in a way it it brings in new questions for sure like it's not an exact copy and paste um there's definitely other like revealing points in those stories as well like i but i think for variety oh boy so uh recording wise everyone is turning into robots for me (laughs) and we're back like (laughs) (laughs) thanks discord oh Um, okay actually yeah let me just mark down so where did i start sounding like a robot oh god who knows um (laughs) wait we were supposed to be listening Uh, fuck that (laughs) Um. so the last topic of like the major the last major topic was you know you were saying that you'd like to play lorelei and you you think that finding paradise asks a lot of the same questions or, or, or covers a lot of the same topics. It's a different story, but it's, um, yeah, that, that thing you were saying, that's what you dropped. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think essentially we'd get a little bit more variety with Lorelai. Yeah. Okay. And all the more jank. All the more jank. More things for me to yell at. How do you figure Uh, out how long it takes to play things? Like, for example, if we were trying to figure out how long it would take to play Lorelei, just yeah. totally random example. No, how yeah. would we do so that? There's a website. I, it's called uh, yeah. what? Like I don't know. Time to finish. How, how long to play? Or how something? long to play? Yeah. Yes. And you just need to be reasonable in looking at those numbers. And just typically, from my experience, they have like a bunch of different ones. They have like the leisurely playthrough, or they have like the fast one. And if you just look at like the main one that they tout as like this is the main one, dog. It's like the main story and no side stuff. If you look at that and you're just reasonable, like you look at it and it says four hours and you say, I'm going to give it five for myself, then you'll be fine. Um, Because if you give it exactly four and they say exactly four, it is like you sprinting to the finish line. (laughs) (laughs) So let yourself explore and be lost. And plus, I can't solve a single puzzle to save my life. So I have to add at least an hour to every game that has a puzzle in it. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So uh, let's maybe hit some like wrap up notes. I think yeah. we covered a lot of the good narrative stuff and a lot of the kind of the questions that this asks. Um, one point that there there wasn't really a space to make for me that I thought is worth mentioning. Uh, Zoe had mentioned the music is very good, um, but I also want to point out that the sprite work is very good. Yeah, I've never seen another like um, RPG Maker type game where you've got these RPG sprites running around, um, and the, their eyes move from side to side, uh, and they don't just turn their whole body; they turn their head, um, mm. and they've got like arm emotes that they do sometimes. Um, it's like little stuff. It's not a ton. It's still very much a sprite-based game, but they put a lot of effort into having the sprites emote uh, rather than just having like a, I, I don't know, just having it, they, they jump in surprise or something like that, which they also do, but they did more than that. Um, so that attention to detail was very nice. Yeah. Yeah, you can like, like one thing I thought was really striking was that you can really like sense River's like quietness and timidness with her little like side eyeing that her sprite does, um, you know, compared with say like Johnny. Um, and so I think, yeah, that kind of attention to detail, like the fact that you can even like convey that sort of emotion between the two of them is really nice work on the artist's part. Yeah, I think they portrayed their their kind of relationship really well and their dynamics um, and just who they, especially who uh, River was as a person. Well, hello. Um, and I also really liked how they kind of had those, uh, like the, the platypus doll that they'd kind of bring through all the memories. Mm. Yeah, that was powerful, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. This is a powerful game. Watts hated that so much. Unlike the reason for the rabbits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a little bittersweet, right? Because Johnny gets his picture-perfect end, and it kind of just makes me a little sad knowing that River passed away, failing to have her husband remember the first time that they met. Well, I should have made an appointment for her. You know. Yeah. <laughs> then again, yeah, the Sigmund totally. machine probably doesn't work on her. On people that are already passed away. <laughs> you, well, yeah, yeah. On people who but are. But I mean, I mean, how finely tuned can it get to like non-neurotypical people? True. Um, as ex- exactly as much as the narrative demands that it does. <laughs> I totally agree. Clearly, magic. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but there's a lot of explaining. Like, no, go ahead. We'll go ahead. Oh, they just do a lot of explaining of like, well, here's our limits. And I'm like, there's your limits. Yeah, totally. Sure. Um, <laughs> I'll just right gonna... there. I agree. So should we, uh, should we rate this game? Yeah, I think we will. Um, yeah. Okay. Were you going to say something quickly? Before I was just going to make a dumb comment that if you asked Neil, if he'd probably say it didn't work on women. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, he also, I just... don't think he was a raging misogynist. <laughs> I think that was like a women, am I right? Like gag that failed because the only other person in the room was yeah, a woman. You know who would say that? A raging, a raging misogynist. misogynist. <laughs> <laughs> nice try, Adam. <laughs> yeah, good try, I've been revealed. <laughs> <laughs> you fly away. It's like bats that come out of your cape and shit. <laughs> 
Damn, that's funny. Okay. Um. Yeah. Let's uh. Let's do this whole rating thing. I think we'll start with Zoe, considering you picked this game. What do you think? I know it's hard to put it on a scale, um, but I'm starting with you because I think you stand the best chance outside of me of actually using the rating system that we've established here <laughs> to try to set an example for the rest of the crowd. So what do you Zoe, think? you are in line. You do not detract from my vision. <laughs> Therefore, yep. um, I'll, I'll give it t- two thumbs up. I think it's a very very compelling game. I would recommend it to just about anyone. Um, I feel like these kinds of games only cater to a specific group of gamers who don't mind less gameplay, more narrative, but I think everyone should be able to experience the story for what it is. And that is beautiful. Awesome. Thank you. Um, okay, let's see. Who is a uh, Stan Sedition Chance? James? Um, I would also rate it two thumbs up. I thought it was a really uh, beautiful game about, you know, all the things it was about. Love and uh, grief and loss and uh, dying. Platypus. And a platypus toy. Yeah, NASA. Um, yeah, and also... Also, space travel and really in-depth physics um, manipulations. And a sweet rocket. Yeah. Yeah, that was sick. <laughs> the top and bottom of which was definitely the coolest part. Mm. <laughs> that was so funny, man. <laughs> so good. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I would definitely, I would recommend it to everybody, and I enjoyed it myself. Thank you. Okay, let's see. Uh, Gabe, what'd you think? Um... I'll steer into the chaos and say two out of three thumbs. <laughs> uh, no, no, you say two thumbs because I, I. Where are you getting that third thumb? Hey, listen, man, I know a guy. Uh, <laughs> Very nice. So Very nice. I, I enjoyed the emotional aspect of the story, and I thought they portrayed the characters pretty well in this. Um, and also just the way the game was designed um, with the RPG maker. Um, and the visualizations of it made me kind of reminisce of like back in the day playing kind of like a SNES game like Secrets of Mana or something and just kind of like a simpler kind of game than what we have nowadays so I really enjoyed that yeah and they do definitely like joke about that when it comes to like the combat system too and everything you're just like oh yeah exactly yeah it's like a callback Mm -hmm. okay so well I'm gonna now go in hopes to have set a, an example of all. Of no, this. just uh, make make Adam go before you. Just so <laughs> all right, Adam. So we can end on a, on sanity. All right, Adam. What did you think about this game? <laughs> you're gonna. You're not gonna ask me what I rated this game, McCoy. I'm just gonna hope that you fall in line. That's what, what did I'm you? Hope. What do you rate um, this game, Adam? Um. So I give this game a 995 uh, out of I won't say how many. Um, I would recommend it to most people. I, I think I would recommend this game in a similar way to how I might recommend like a book, um, because the subject matter is fairly central to it. Um, it's like a book or a movie more than as a game, although I think that if I were to recommend it to a person, I would want to make sure that that person um, was at least at a very baseline familiar with uh, games literacy, right? Like what an RPG is. 
um, because it makes gags about that. Uh, there was like a very small Plants vs. Zombies joke in there. Oh, which, yeah. Um, like, wouldn't have... It, it wouldn't have detracted if you hadn't known about that. But, like, it... I think this game works better when targeting someone who knows games um, at a base level. But in the end, I would recommend it to someone like I would recommend a book. And I thought that it was a very enjoyable game. Um, I enjoyed the experience and the narrative and how it was told and presented. So 995. Thank you. Thumbs. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. I, I mean, listen, I, I think echo a lot of your, your sentiments that people have said here. I, I wanted second that you know, we didn't talk about it much, but the music is amazing. And we, oddly enough, I was listening to the music on YouTube before I ever played this game or knew it was a game. I actually thought it was a movie or something. And so that was a very weird part of my experience was just every time they cued a new song, I was like, dude, I know this track, um, <laughs> which was really bizarre. But uh, I think for me, yeah, it really is. It hinges on like, how do you feel about Neil really to me? Like, and if I could <laughs> convey that to someone, be like, all right, I'm going to say an internet joke to you. If you laugh, then this is going to be a great game for you. If you roll your eyes and you're like, dude, stop. Like you're actually killing me. And you have this like serious face on that makes me like want to like leave. Um, then you're going to hate this game, to be honest. It's like, there's a lot of it you have to wade through. Um, so for me, I would say one thumb, I, I think is more realistic. And I, and I think that's especially cause I think they add a lot of stuff around the story to try to like tie things up. Like I've said that I just think is unnecessary and extra complicated and kind of adds junk like around what is an incredibly powerful game. But it's still a really powerful game. There's no question about it. So it's still really, really good. I just personally would prefer a little more, like, simplified when it comes to some of the the story past the the main crescendo. But uh, that's just me. So anyways, so yeah. The, the only one of us who cried gives it the lowest rating. Yeah, I know. Well, no, nobody else admitted to crying. I mean, Zoe admitted to not crying. Uh, anybody else? Anybody? Can I, can I get another taker? <laughs> All right, guys, fine. Um, <laughs> never admit weakness, McCoy. <laughs> oh my god! I'm the same dude who watches like like Disney music like compilations where they like sing it. It's all vocals, and I just cry. And I turn to my friend, and I'm like, "Dude, is this getting you?" And he's like, "No." And I'm like, "Dude, it's so powerful. It's the human voice. This is like the culmination of what it's like to be a human. This is our instrument, our very first one that's ever existed." And he's like, "There's not enough guitar in this." okay well what, what do you like and he's like check this video about death and i'm like okay cool and then i like he pulls it up and it's so zoe has raging. to go okay yeah, yeah why, are you, why are you talking about zoe like that yeah. oh wow that story was gonna be funny i swear anyways goodbye everyone um so wait but what are we playing so, next yes yeah, so yeah. what are we playing next week oh um, yeah um, so we have we're gonna have like a break or something, right, McCoy? Yes, and we'll talk about that off the show. Yeah, yeah. I'll be in England, etc. Yes. Okay. Um, I think then I'm just gonna pick uh, Risk of Rain Two. Sorry, Adam. It's the one I already oh. own. <laughs> that's that's reasonable. It's just not complete yeah. yet. Is the thing. So we're going to be playing the early access version of Risk. Yeah, of Rain I feel like there's enough there to gain a solid idea of what it is. But yeah, so we'll be playing Risk of Rain Two. Sweet. Uh, all Plus, like, what is the difference between an early access game and not an early access game these days in the multiplayer genre? Like, it's a real blurred line. So, 
there's shenanigans. I hate these blurred lines. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> nice. All right. <laughs> and on that note, we are out of here. Thank you, everyone. Great choice. Thank you.